We are in the middle of a series called uh, Don't Break Up by Text and Other Dumb Things That We Do in Relationships. And I know that it's kind of along the lines of our dating series, but it really everything that we talk about works in every kind of relationship. So whether it's a marriage or a boyfriend, girlfriend, or just friends, or even your uh, coworkers and boss and employee relationship, these are all the same principles that we can live by. If you uh, need a fill-in sheet, raise your hand and we'll get those to you right away. And we have little fill-ins and we'll get a pen to you if you need that. Does anybody need one? All right. So we left off, we didn't get very far last week, so we left off in 1 Corinthians 13.5. And 13.5 says, love is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecoming." Lee, that uh, I think that anytime that you see somebody operating in rudeness, they're not operating in love. And uh, I catch myself being rude sometimes, especially to people that irritate me. I'm not going to point anybody out or say any names. I'll just give you their initials, Justin Powers, that I, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Your first feeling, what is your reaction when you are stressed or have discomfort, because that's usually when our bad attitudes come out is when we're under stress. Have you ever gone off on somebody because you were stressed out? <laughs> have you ever been uh, just absolutely rude to somebody because you were uh, put in a place where you uh, had a bad experience? But love's not that way. Love's not rude. It's not unmannerly. Being graceful or full of grace is a rare quality in people today. I always like to do this test, and this is a good test in, 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 in pretty much any situation. Go through the drive-through window, and I, I did it today. Go through the drive-through window, and when you pull up to the person that takes your money or giving you your food, Say hello before they say hello to you and ask them how they're doing. They don't know what to do with it. Because you'll say, how are you today? And they're like, 469? They don't know how to respond to that because we live in a culture and a society where we don't acknowledge the worth of people and we tend to be just rude toward them. Um, like we said last week, that says more about me than it really does about them on how I treat people. Being rude says, you don't matter to me. And I don't, I don't think it's sad that the United States has so much. We've been blessed with so much. And whether you realize it or not, or whether I realize it or not, that we live with so much that the vast majority of the world would think that we are wealthy beyond wealthy because we have so much, but we're the most unhappy, we're the most unfriendly, we're the most discourteous of people because we have so much. And I think God is calling us to a life of love and certainly in relationships where, have you, have you ever saw this, seen this, and we talked about this a little last week, that we are most unsympathetic and most insensitive to the people that matter the most to us. The ones that we love the most are the ones that get the worst of us. And love says, I'm not rude, even though, can I say it this way, even though I have 
an ability to treat you in such a way and you're still going to be there because we love each other. And it's just not God's way. God's way is not for us to treat the person that we work with better than we treat the one that we say that we love the most. And we somehow have got to a place where we take liberties with people that if anybody else talked to them that way, they would, you would be pulling us off to them because we'd be punching their face in if somebody else said the same thing that we said to that person. I find this a lot. Of course, I'm not in a relationship that I know of at the moment, but <laughs> I find, not that I know of, uh, somebody tell me. <laughs> uh, but I find, like my mom, for instance, I see my mom almost every day, and my fuse with my mom is about that long. And then I think about a friend named Danita whose mom passed away two months ago. I was telling one of, our, one of the principals at, at school today, I said, you know, I, I have a friend whose mom passed away two months ago. A, a, her, her relative, a cousin, her mom passed away two weeks ago. And you know what? I know he, both of them would love to trade places with me right now because I still have my mom. So sometimes we take for granted what God has blessed us with. And there might be some people that would love to have your mom and your dad. And we treat them like junkyard dogs. It's not love. What is your reaction? Can Everybody's like, I'm never coming back to this youth group after this one. What is your reaction when your parents say no? That's just in general. What is your reaction when anybody tells you no? What is your reaction when your boss says no? What is your reaction when your boyfriend or girlfriend says, no, I don't want to do that, or I don't want that to happen? What is your reaction? And your reaction when you are told no, or whatever, your reaction gauges the level at which we love. And when we are told no, whether it's from mom and dad or boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever, when we say, no, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to go that direction. I don't want you to buy that. On and on and on. If our reaction is a a reaction of vitriol and a reaction of lashing back, then there's something wrong with us. I'm going to lighten up, I promise you, just a second. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says... Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights and its own ways. God's love in us is not self-seeking. Can I, can I just apologize to your generation that we really have raised up, and it just becomes increasingly increasing more so, we really have raised up a generation of young people that think that the world is all about them. Man, even, you know, even in my generation, I had better things than my parents had growing up. You have better things than your parents had, who are my age, growing up. And so the more things we have, it's weird that the more self-seeking and unfulfilled we tend to be. And that's not love. Can I talk about relationships that we get too serious too soon? Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about corny things to do on dates. And I have got some doohickeys next week. 
wait till you get a hold of what I got to next. You are going to be like, oh, that is so lame, Jonathan, but I'm trying that. <laughs> we enlarge problems. This is what we talked about in our hot spot. We enlarge problems bigger than they really are. I'm sure someone at MD Anderson would look at my problems and go, let's trade. I'm sure there are a lot of people that would like to take the things that we stay up at night and stare at the ceiling about. They would love to trade places with us. Don't do it in problems. Don't do it in, in your relationships. Don't do it with your boyfriend, girlfriend. Don't do it with your husband and wife. Don't enlarge problems bigger than they are. Can I, tell, can I help you guys something with, with something? Guys, listen to me. You were designed by God as a pattern after him to fix problems. I told a young man last week sometime, we were talking about stuff, and I said, you better fix it. He started just a little bit. I mean, really wasn't going against me, but just kind of telling me why and what for. I said, I don't want to hear any more excuses why. You better fix it. He tried it again a little bit more. I said, listen, you're not a man if you don't fix this. Then he hung up the phone on me. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't hang up the phone. <laughs> but I was serious. You're not a man if you don't fix it, guys. It's easy to ignore it. It's easy to pretend it's not there or will get better. It takes a real man to say, I'm sorry. It takes a real man to say, it's going to be all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to make it through this. Oh, I better shut up. My <laughs> screen's going off. I'm talking too much. We're too serious about people we barely know. Have you ever had uh, going out with somebody and your mom or dad wasn't very keen on them and you're like, but you don't know, they are my soulmate. And your mom's like, how long have you known each other? Four days and they are my soul, they are my breath, my very spirit. Yeah, in a month you'll be fighting like cats and dogs and calling each other everything but a man or a woman. We get serious too quick. We get serious, too, too serious with people we know. Can I help you this? Don't go into relationships thinking this is the one. Don't go into relationships thinking, I got to have this one. This is going to be the problem solver for everything. That is too much pressure to put on another person. Don't go into them thinking, this is the one. Pastor Jonathan, this is the one. Do they have a job? No. But this is the one. Do they pay a rent to pay rent or mortgage? No. But they are the one. Let me help you with that. His mama has to clean his dirty underwear, and you're claiming he's the one. Huh? He's, he's, he needs to be the one to fold his own laundry before you think he's the one for you. I have preached, by the way, we can all go home, say a prayer, and be done. <laughs> Purity, two weeks from tonight, or maybe three weeks, I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do for that spring break. We might do something fun on spring break, by the way. Purity is a sign of not being self-seeking. Everybody takes what doesn't belong to them these days. Everybody. Only somebody committed to purity says, I will not be self-seeking. It shows Purity shows that I will honor others. 
Can I, can I help you ladies with something just super quick? Tell you what kind of man you want. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Not someone who's got muscles and a nice car and good looking. I, that may come with the package, that may be. But let me tell you something. Can I tell you? Can I tell you the dream man? The one that's going to honor you. Purity says, Purity says that I'm going to show you how to honor, that it shows how you honor yourself. When we get to the last message of this series on purity, that's going to be the premise that how, Jonathan, how do I honor what God has given me? We're going to, we're going to talk about that. It's an indication in how you honor what does not belong to you. Now, my dad always taught us, if you borrow something, you take care of it, and you return it in better shape than you borrowed it. So if you borrowed a shovel or something, I was like, you're relating relationships to shovels? Just hang with me a second. <laughs> a shovel or whatever, you don't hand that back, all tore up and bent and muddy. So you take and you hose it off, give it back to the person that better in the shape. So when you date a girl, hose her off, get the mud off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the premise is, that if it doesn't belong to me, I'm going to take extra, or as the man I used to work for, Harold Nichols said, extra, extra good care of it. That's the kind of guy you want. That's the kind of woman you want. Someone that is committed to take extra good care of you. Going too far ruins, next week we're going to talk about fun. Next week is just going to be so much fun. Going too far ruins the fun of innocence in a relationship. And you might be thinking, whoa, going too far. You've got that in quotes. I'm talking about anything that goes more than you should. That easing into it, leading up to it. We're gonna talk about it next week. I'm gonna give you guys such corny, corny ideas that you're gonna steal them and you're gonna try them. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love is not touchy, it is not fretful, and it is not resentful. We live, have you, I mean, you just have to turn on the TV and you can get instant access to people that are high strung and way too touchy about everything. Just for instance, last night the president gave a, gave a, a, a speech to Congress and people I'm not, I mean, this happens on both, both sides of the aisle. I'm just giving this as an instance that they're booing him and, and hissing. And, and the president, that happened to the former president, Barack Obama, same thing. People calling him a liar. What? Are you serious? Why? Because they're touchy. They're fretful, they're resent, resentful any time that we operate or we are too touchy about anything. Can I, can I help you? You need to grow up. Not what I wanted to hear, Jonathan. Well, if you are too touchy about something, that means you're not mature enough to handle it and you just need to grow up. Put your big boy boxers on, put your big girl panties on and grow up. Everybody's checking. I don't know if I've got mine. 
Yep, got my big boy ones on. Got my big boy panties on. Okay, people, can I help you with something? Even in marriages, even in relationships, even in friendships, even in coworker situations, people are going to do what they want to do. We are too busy trying to figure out how to get people to not do what we don't want them to do instead of just taking ourselves to a place where I understand and free myself from the bondage of trying to get people to do what they're going to do anyway. I spent a lot of years trying to corral people into what I think that they should be doing. I'm 44 now. Been in ministry 20 plus years, and I've come to the philosophy, go on with your bad self. You're going to do that? Go on with your bad self. I've gotten crazy in my old age. Josh, can I tell you, I've got crazy in my old age. I tell, tell, not all the time, but I tell people sometimes when they do stupid stuff, you know what, if you walk out of my life, I'm going to sleep good tonight. Tell them that when they've done something. And I'm like, you're not going to do that on my watch. And if you decide to do it on my watch, I don't care if you go somewhere else. And I'm going to sleep good tonight. Got me a nice soft bed. Got my flannel sheets on there. When it's cold, I got my down comforter. And I'm going to sleep good tonight because I'm old and fat and I like to sleep. (laughs) But how much do we let people wind us up by their actions. People are going to do what they want to do. Learn how to be happy all on your own. But you don't understand. I don't have very many friends. I haven't had a girlfriend in 14 years. I'm talking about me now. I I don't have. Well, that's much less that you have to keep up with then. (laughs) I don't have good. You don't have to keep up with all that then. Learn to be happy. Sitting fancy and pretty all by yourself. Y'all are looking at me. Learn how to be content with where you are in life. Elizabeth Clark, a couple of weeks ago, talked about this. She said, we've gotten to this place with social media that we get to see in a front row, living color, where everybody is in life. And we instantly compare ourselves to where everybody is in life. Inevitably, can I, be, can I be frank with you? Inevitably, the enemy will take me to some youth pastor that's been youth pastoring three years, and he's got 200 kids. And I'm like... What about me? <laughs> Taylor's my sounding board. He's like, I, you know, when I see these people that have girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend, and I'm like, brutally honest, Taylor, just tell me exactly what's wrong with me. Just tell me right now. <laughs> or I ask him about student mystery. Am I too old? Have I just, have as my ship sailed, Taylor? Just tell me if I just need to start doing senior adult ministry. Tell me. And he says yes. No. <laughs> but be content with where you are at in life. I, I, I loved telling uh, a couple of people in Reese over the last month 
I love telling them, and, I, and, and just as the Lord, because this is, was not me very many years ago. This building, I mean, it's, you know, we're not getting any calls from any architecture magazines to come take pictures, even though we love it. <laughs> nobody's doing that yet. This student ministry, Charisma Magazine, has not called me and said, can we interview you with, your, with what your student ministry is doing? No, that hasn't happened. Hillsong, Passion, none of them have invited me to be speakers yet at their conference yet. But I've told people recently, and definitely, I just have had opportunities in the last month for some reason. I said, you do not understand that everything that I have, God gave me. I walk through this building on Saturday as I'm, I've got the backpack vac on and I'm vacuuming. And I'm like, God, thank you for what you gave us. It's Wednesdays when I'm getting ready for Wednesday service. God, thank you what you give, what you gave me. You gave this to me. That's not my nature by any stretch of the imagination. My nature is, why don't I have blank? Why haven't I been blank? By nature, we are conditioned to not be content. And I'm telling you, it doesn't come natural. So Jonathan has to preach to himself as he's mopping in here. That Jonathan has to preach to himself when he's, when he's uh, scrubbing the toilets and the men's in the lake. He has to preach to himself that, that God gave me this. That God gave us this. Every Sunday I get to walk. I park my car way over there by Bill Perky. And he parks it in perfect. He, he backs his car in perfect. And I can't even park mine in straight. But I park it way over there because I don't want Melinda Perky to hit my car. So I'm way over there. <laughs> But I walk toward the building at whatever it is, eight something in the morning. I said, God, you gave us that right there, that building. You gave us that. Learn to point at what God has given you, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your parents, whether it's your school, whether it's your job, whether it's your marriage, whether your kids, whatever. Look at it, point at it and say, God, you gave me that. Be fully content with who is in your life. Everybody will seem to have better friends, better relationships, better circles, better situations. Instead of looking at your friend in the face, looking at your boyfriend, looking at your girlfriend, looking at your marriage, looking at your family, and saying, God designed you for my life. Being fully content. Can I tell you what full of contentment is? Not trying to change that person into what you think they ought to be. Fully content Trying to, let me say this without giving, revealing all my secrets. There's not very many. There's somebody that I kind of am interested in. She chews her food in the cutest way ever. Can I just say 
that when you get to a place that you like the way they chew their food, you're content with who they are. Instead of saying, how can I, and Elizabeth Clark talked about this with her first husband, how can I make you fit into what I want for you? Can I let you know in something that any time that you try to get someone to fit into what you have for them, you will always build a wall of resentment toward you for trying to do that to them. Instead of saying, I, can I help you with something? Instead of saying, I like the full package of who God made you to be. When we start picking out people's faults, their shortcomings, what irritates us about them, what we want to throat punch them, <laughs> when, when we start picking out those things about that person, we are not operating about like God does. Because can I tell you from this bald-headed guy that he never, he never points out my faults to me in such a manner. Never. Any time that God has spoken to my heart about something to change in my life, it has always been in a loving, gentle, father way. Every time. The Bible says that the accuser of people is the devil. So any time that I am picking out what I don't like about you, I am not operating like God. There is spit all over the front of this. <laughs> I don't even know where I stopped. Stop tying your emotions to the actions of people. If you don't hear anything else I said tonight, stop tying your emotions to what people do. Two things. One, they probably don't even know that you have tied your emotions to them. Number two, that is way too cruel to yourself to do something like that. That would be, I mean, I don't have a great car. It's a decent car. It's all right. I like the way it looks. But I'm not going to go hook my car up to, and throw it in neutral and hook it up to an 18-wheeler and say, take off with it. And it's flying all the way around and it's hitting the guardrails and it's being drugged through the grass and it's, it's flipping a couple of times and then it's drug on its roof. It's my car. But do you know how often we do that with our emotions with people? We take our emotions and we hook it up to their reckless driving and then we wonder why we're not happy. They're dragging it here, there, everywhere and we're like, stop it, stop it. And we're the idiots that hooked our emotions up to them. You, you got to get to a place where I got to be me. I got to be, I got to be happy with me. You can go on and act a fool, act crazy, do your thing, pull out your weave, whatever you need to do, but I got to be me. 
I got to be happy in this skin. This is the only skin God gave me. This is the only mind he gave me. This is the only heart that he gave me. And I've got to get to a place where I am comfortable. I am, I am at home with what he has given me. And if it, doesn't, if it doesn't sit well with you, and if you don't like who I am, if you don't like that I have to be at a place where, then you ain't for me. Wow, it got quiet in here. Can we say that I may love you, but it doesn't mean I like you? Can I do one more and then we're out of time? 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Taylor, if you'll come on up. Love takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. This is Bible. I'm, I, wish to, I wish I was this smart to make this stuff up, but I'm just not. The Lord is way, way, way smarter than I am. Letting someone go for, letting go, oh, like, sorry, so let's start over. Letting someone go for something that was hurtful has more healing for you than it does for that person. I know we like to think that, I'm, let me just let you know something. I forgive you. I want you to know that I forgive you. That's fine. But forgiveness should be as equally about you letting go of that as you letting somebody else go of that. That we have to, I'm getting ahead of myself even though I'm trying to shut this thing down. This is trying to like land in a jet that's going 500 miles an hour. People often hurt or disappoint others and they have no idea that they have. Have you, have you ever carried around resentment and hurt and disappointment from somebody and that person had no clue that they hurt you. Let me take it further. They hurt and disappointed you and they don't care that they hurt or disappointed you. Give them a break. Let it go. Give yourself a break. There are people that have been so eaten up. Can I say that this? They've been so eaten up with pain and disappointment and heartbreak that it has become a vice on their mind and their hearts bless you, instead of living like 1 Corinthians 13 and loving myself enough to release myself from the, from the hurt, the pain, and the disappointment. The last villain for tonight is that resentment is a hard taskmaster. Resentment will take you to a place to imprison you in your own thoughts, in your own failure, in your own hurt. I've seen this so many times and I'm probably guilty of it as well, is that we have rehearsed the hurt so much that we have rehearsed the pain 
so much that we have rehearsed the disappointment so much that the hurt, the pain, the disappointment defines us more than God defines us. And it's just not Him. Love, can I change this around? Love is an easy taskmaster. The Word of God says, take my burden, for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. 